Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Today, Peter's going to be sharing with us five action items, and I'm I'm really curious what these are. Peter, you say five action items. Are we covering things that you are doing because of COVID-19 or because of the economy and, and where we're at right now? Is that what these five action items are? Well, I think uh, to be to be current, um, I would say that these are related to what we're all experiencing now, mm-hmm. which is this uh, this financial crisis uh, due to due to a, a, a global healthcare issue called COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. But th- I, I would say, Eric, that these are things that we're doing on a regular basis. This is no different than almost any conversation that we're having with our clients on a regular basis. I will say that we're having them pretty regularly right now and during times of stress in the financial markets the in the economy we have these conversations more often got it and are you finding that there are more emotions revolved around this economic crisis because of the healthcare crisis that's linked with it Oh, I think so. I mean, this is really a, a significant issue around the globe, mm-hmm. it, and it's it's sickened and caused thousands of, of of deaths. and And I think fear and anxiety are just normal emotions that 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 if you're a human being, how can you not feel that way? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you just watch the news, you listen to things, you you talk to people. You know, where we are in the Boston area, we're seeing more and more of this. I have friends and family. Uh, in New York City, and uh, and certainly they're experiencing uh, having a worse experience than we are right now. But mm-hmm. but we don't know what's going to happen in the next five to ten days here. So yes, fear and anxiety are certainly elevated now, and I think that's a rational way to uh, uh, to feel right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it it seems like the only immediate remedy uh, or or societal reaction that we can have is is really social distancing. And, and because of the social distancing that, that's been forced upon us, rightly so, I believe, mm-hmm. by, by our governments, it's, it's really causing a severe economic slowdown. And this global economic slowdown has thus caused a severe financial crisis in, in really across the world. So yeah. markets have fallen significantly. And as of the end of March, we've recovered a bit from from the lowest point, but we should be prepared really for continued volatility going forward. So is it your opinion that the social distancing has really caused this financial crisis? Because it seems to me that a lot of the financial crisis started to go before we implemented social distancing. But I could also see almost on the flip side of that coin, the continued financial crisis being because of ongoing social distancing. And as you said, how, you know, markets are just kind of shutting down or, or uh, local areas are shutting down a lot of the economy. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, the, if we think about the, the, the stock market, it's a forward looking uh, machine. Mm-hmm. And, and so when this virus started going uh, from China to Europe 
eventually to the United States, I, I think the markets reacted pretty quickly, knowing that social distancing was was on its way. And when yeah. social distancing really took hold in in China, in Europe, and now in the United States, it's really caused an economic uh, slowdown and probably a recession that we're already in. So yeah, I think it's ultimately caused the economic crisis and it, it, it's caused the this financial crisis. But and hopefully the social distance distancing is going to uh, abate and and things will will ease up over time. I just don't know the timing of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we keep on hearing from public health officials and scientists that that it's going to take some time. We just don't know how much time. I'm not going to guess. Yeah. Uh, but I do. But I do believe that the the global economy is going to is going to begin to start up at some point in the near future. Um, and it's a, I think it's reasonable at that point to think fi- financial markets are, will also recover. Again, it's that timing that we just don't know. Mm-hmm. So the economy and the financial markets may not be the same. They, they, you know, they're, they're different beings, the economy and the financial markets. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a recession hits and then the financial markets have a decline. Sometimes we think that there'll be a recession and the fi- financial markets have a decline. And the same will be with recovery. You know, we just don't know the, the timing of that. Uh, I do think that there'll be likely winners and losers as we recover you know certain industries certain sectors of the mm-hmm. economy certain companies are, are going to do quite well and others are, are 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 probably not gotcha well i know you want to cover five action items today and I'm, I'm here to learn because i know we've talked about a lot of these pieces before but having them in this order and really kind of laser focused i'm i'm eager to hear what you have to say yeah, I'm, I think it's imp- these are important things to, to talk about. First, I, just a few minutes of some reminders to to our clients and to to our listeners. Right. Um, for those listeners that work with us at the Raskin Planning Group, or frankly work with other professional advisors th- that do planning and do good work, and if someone is a listener and doing this work themselves, doing it themselves, that's fine. If you've planned for the long term, you've really done all the hard work. My reminder here is stick to your plan in both good times and bad. There's going to be short-term volatility, and, and, and that's just that. It, it's short-term. Um, portfolios had a different value last month, last year, and five years ago, and it's going to have a different value next month, next year, and five years from now. Uh, so that's, that's the first reminder. Second reminder is when we're working with our clients relative to their portfolios, we're recommending globally diversified portfolios that include stocks and bonds from around the world. And our clients are invested primarily in high quality companies. Mm-hmm. And most of these companies from, from around the globe are likely to stay in business. I say most. There may be some, some, uh, some companies that are not going to be in business. We, we don't know. But many, most of these companies are going to keep selling stuff, you know, cars, food, computers, toilet paper, cleaning supplies, medicine, and, and services. So, so most of our clients, they also own quality bonds issued by strong companies and, 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 and governments. So it's just a reminder, again, that our clients' portfolios are diversified and of high quality, and they're appropriate for long-term investment strategies. So with that in mind, the key here, again, a third reminder, is to stay focused on objectives not the value of the portfolio or the percentage you lost in a period of time uh, or the percentage that you gained. It's not the portfolio value. It's not that the portfolio values don't matter. Of course they matter. 
but the only metric that matters is really progress towards your goals. And, and that doesn't mean you, you, you don't make adjustments along the way. We'll talk about that. Uh, but if your portfolio is diversified according to your long-term objectives and your risk tolerance, then short-term fluctuations in value are really beyond your control. And your focus should be really on the things you can control. And that's really the message to um, the five action items. It's looking at areas of your planning that you really can control. So the first thing, I, the first action item it, that, that we have conversations with, with our clients when they're calling in about their situation now as we're going through this recent crisis is debt analysis. Okay. That's the first thing we ask. Where, where are you relative to your debt? What's your situation? What's outstanding? When is it due? What are the rates and the terms? What's the collateral? Is it your real estate? Are, are you collateralizing your stocks and bonds? Is it student debt? Is it credit card debt? So we want to really get a, a handle on that. Now, when you've got um, healthy, uh, steady income, uh, reasonable debt isn't a problem. But when you're retired or you've lost your job, debt can really be an issue. Mm -hmm. And just a couple of quick examples, um, and this is how part of the conversation we're having with clients. Um, we got Richard and Renee, and this is a little complicated because planning can be complicated. Uh, last year, they purchased a second home, and they had the intention of eventually selling their primary home where they live right now and moving to that second home. So eventually they were going to only have one home. Mm -hmm. And Richard retired uh, literally th just this December, or, or I should say last December. Um, and at the time, their financial planning model told us their, th that, that they could likely own both properties for the rest of their life and still meet all of their financial objectives. And we talked about this. They, they'd really have more financial freedom and flexibility if they retained only one property. In their planning, they had talked about, well, let's retain this property for the time being, the primary residence, the one they live in now, mm -hmm. and let's see what happens. And, and so they needed to purchase this, this second property, and they didn't want to liquidate any, any financial assets at the end of the year or before the end of the year because they would have had to realize capital gains and, and that's pay additional taxes for 2019, and they wanted to avoid that. So they... Uh, they established a securities back line of credit. It's like a it's like a line of credit or or or, or, or debt borrowed based upon the value of their their stock and bond portfolio, and they borrowed enough sufficient to, to to buy that second home. And their goal was to pay it off in 2020, and selling the securities strategically throughout the year to manage that that those realized gains. But lo and behold, we had the this this financial crisis. <laughs> market downturn, and they've decided right now to defer paying off the loan until the securities rebound because they don't want to sell as, 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 as stocks are down. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, they're applying for a low interest mortgage. Interest rates have come down pretty dramatically on their primary property. They'll have plenty of flexibility to pay off this mortgage over the next 6, 12, 18, or 24 months. Or, or, or they'll keep it and, and retain the mortgage longer. But this is the kind of debt management issues that, that, we, that we discuss. 
they're in a financial situation to do the do the the thing that's best for them. Uh, another example is uh, Matt and Jill, and uh, Matt sold his business and retired in 2006 at age 50. He he was working with a, a, an investment firm at a bank that told him he had adequate resources to meet all of his objectives. Well, they bought that second home, they bought the, the, the fancy cars, they went on big vacations, and then lo and behold, the Great Recession occurred in start, when it started in, 2000, in October of 2007. You, you remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. Well, uh, Matt and Jill, they kept on spending. They didn't have that conversation with their, with their advisors at the time to reduce their spending. They kept on spending at the same pace. And they didn't make any any adjustments, and they actually borrowed from um, from their portfolio. They didn't want to sell securities. They took a they they also did a securities back line of credit, and they wanted to get a uh, he wanted to start a new business, and they wanted to finance their lifestyle. Lo and behold, now ten years later, twelve years later, um, they've got a pretty sizable loan that they're not able to really pay off right now. They've got a mortgage and their portfolio is significantly lower than it was, mm -hmm. especially now as of uh, the last six weeks. Uh, so their situation is uh, not dire. They're going to be fine, but they're going to have to make some significant adjustments to their plan. Yeah. Uh, um, so action item one, debt and leverage can work w really well for you. But it can also be dangerous and limit your options. And the, the key here, this this area of concern is really is to is to manage that and really get control around that debt, understand how it can work for you and against you. Yeah. The next action item we spend a lot of time with our clients around is cash flow analysis. And this is related to debt management. But in my opinion, managing cash flow is is absolutely vital especially during difficult times. So to state the obvious, if you've got earned and unearned income that's strong, that you can count on, financial markets are stable, there isn't anything that's unexpected popping up, you know, managing cash flow just isn't that hard. <laughs> if you've got income and you're meeting all your expenses, that's great. Mm -hmm. However, when something happens, like a loss of a job, uh, loss of investment income, a sickness, a divorce, uh, an emergency capital expense that you weren't planning for, and or a financial crisis like we're in, getting control of your income and expenses is really the one thing you can control. And, and frankly, in my opinion, this should be your primary focus, uh, just managing the, the, the expenses, the outflows. Yeah. I think there's a, 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 a an analogy to, to the to the crisis we're currently facing this uh, this is this high this this health crisis. I think it's pretty clear that neither our society nor our government was adequately prepared for this. Agreed. I, I, I think we've been ignoring our, our healthcare emergency infrastructure for decades, mm -hmm. not just within the last few years. It's really been a long time coming. That's similar to what individuals and families uh, often do. Most of us ignore our cash flow infrastructure. You know, during good times, we spend and spend pretty indiscriminately. 
Mm-hmm. If there's money in the bank, we often are spending it. When we when we come to a financial crisis, it's then it's then that we start looking at our cash flow and, and, and we feel completely out of control. Matter of fact, I find most people are disappointed in themselves for their lack of preparedness. Yeah. And so that's what I want to focus on is um, in both good times and unfortunately bad times is getting a handle on expenses, both discretionary and non-discretionary expenses. So those are the things we can really, the, the, the non-discretionary uh, expenses are the things that we can truly control. So, you know, what can you defer? Can you defer taking that vacation this fall or upgrading the house or buying the new car, you know, adjusting your, your spending dur- during market downturns is really helpful. Mm-hmm. And frankly, doing it sooner than later is so important. You got to be nimble. Yeah. Uh, I know our clients have access to an online tool that helps them handle these these and categorize their expenses so they really know what they're spending. Uh, and we can help them manage that tool. But there's 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 other online tools, tools that are available. And, and I strongly recommend not just now, but when, when things are are going well, when you got plenty of cash flow, uh, please take a look at, at, at your 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 spending categorize it between discretionary and non-discretionary get a handle on it because when we're in the situation like we're in now you're able to make those adjustments fairly quickly and and, and you'll feel better yeah well that makes sense <laughs> yeah it really does the the next area is um action item i should say is is time horizon and risk assessment We've we've got a, gotten a handle on on our debt. That's action item one. Two, we're, we've done our cash flow analysis, and three, time horizon. We're, we're trying to map your cash flow to the best of your ability over a three to five year period, and and that's so important to to understand what your actual time horizon is. So what what do you need from your investment portfolio over a, a period of time? When do you need it? And do you have adequate cash to meet those requirements? So I really want our, our clients, our listeners to quantify those cash needs. And, and they're such important questions. You know, what do you need and when do you need it? And do you have the cash? If you don't have the cl- cash, then we then it's time to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. You know, if your cash flow needs are minimal, then uh, portfolio volatility, while it's it, it, it's disconcerting, causes a lot of angst. It's not necessarily deadly, is it? You know, if you don't need to take money out of the out of the markets, assuming they recover, um, it, it's not that hard. You, yeah, you, you're okay. But do you need liquidity now? And and can you wait for 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 the markets to rebound? Mm-hmm. If you can't, you you might have to raise some funds. If you do need some extra cash flow over these next four, five, six months, 12 months, then slowly take money out of the market. That's pretty much my advice at this point, because we just don't know how things are going to are things are going to play out. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so knowing your time horizon is is vital. And, and by by knowing that it really helps you determine your risk tolerance for certain pools of funds. 
So I like the concept of, of, of the bucket approach. Mm-hmm. So you think about the time horizon for certain needs. And if you need cash over the next two to four years, um, maybe that's managed very conservatively. Maybe cash and bonds. But, but cash that might be needed in five to 10 years, you probably could include some conservative stocks in that portfolio. A cash that you don't need for 10 plus years, that could be more aggressively allocated and could really include long-term positions in more equities because mm-hmm. you can withstand the volatility. So this, this, this third item is uh, this action item, which is time horizon and risk assessment, is really uh, to determine if you've paired your assets with your time horizon and your risk tolerance, is it appropriate? And if, if, if things need to, if not, maybe, maybe it's time to make those adjustments. Got it. All right. Okay. okay. Um, the fourth item is portfolio rebalancing. And, you know, I don't want to say that this is the new normal because um, I don't think this market is, it's certainly unique. Every, every market is different. Every decline is different, but we've seen declines in the past. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so let's talk about just portfolio rebalancing. So assuming you've, you've addressed your debt, your cash flow, and your time horizon, it, it's time to look at the, at the specific allocation and your diversification strategy. You know, what are you trying to, what, what, what we're trying to determine here is are your specific portfolio holdings appropriate and based, based on, your, on your needs? Do you need to make any changes? Will these changes help you meet your long-term objectives? And that's really the key. It, it, it's, 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 it's really focusing on, uh, on the long-term despite the volatility that we're seeing today. It, it's kind of almost, we want, to, we want to take that into account but not focus on it. We want to focus on the long-term. And rebalancing helps us do that. So I think about, about rebalancing as a, a, a risk management tool tool. Uh, just let's assume you, you build a portfolio that in 2009 was uh, 60% stocks and 40% in bonds. And remember, 2009 was pretty much the, the beginning of, of, a, of a really a darn good bull market mm-hmm. that we experienced for a long period of time until uh, just recently. If it's now January of 2020, your portfolio actually might be, you know, not just 60% in stocks, but maybe it's 75 or even 80% in stocks. And maybe your bond positions are, are now only 25% of the total. And if that's the case, over these last six weeks, my goodness, your stocks have dropped by almost 30%, mm-hmm. 25, 30%. And now, instead of being 60% in stocks, you're now about 50% in stocks. So you took, you took advantage of the stock market run-up from 2009 to 2019, but now you've taken on more risk than, than maybe you want to. So now your portfolio has gone down more dramatically. And, 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 and the key here is to, is to, is to think about, um, is to rebalance that portfolio so that it's maintaining the proper risk. So you're comfortable meeting those long-term goals. Does that make sense, Eric? Absolutely, yeah. Rebalancing is, is important. 
but, I, but just some additional considerations. Uh, I think we want to think about the timing, especially during incredibly volatile periods like we mm-hmm. recently experienced. Um, I was uh, uh, recently, uh, it came to my attention that, that really uh, the worst and best days of the market tend to cluster together. So you'll have one really good, strong day in the market. Really? And then three, four, five business days later, you're going to have a really bad day. Hmm. So they, they kind of go back and forth and they, this, they're not, oh, it's not always exactly that way, but, but they tend to cluster. Big swings tend to cluster together. And so because of this, you may not want to rebalance on a weekly or monthly basis. Yeah. You, you know, it, it just it gets too much. Well, you so overanalyze you, yourself, right? I mean, that, that's that's one of the things is that you, it's second guessing at that point if you're doing it that often. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, once, twice, three times a year, probably adequate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you, you, you just don't want to do it when there are huge swings uh, in, in the markets, both up and down. And the other, the final um, consideration is just tax planning. And so if you're rebalancing your taxable accounts, Understand that um, you, you, you may realize uh, capital gains mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you're rebalancing. Uh, you you also might want to uh, systematically harvest losses during the year that can offset gains. So it is a um, it is an important consideration that plays into each other, and it's really a trade off: rebalancing for gains, rebalancing for. Uh, risk management and rebalancing for losses. So this action item here is really think long-term, keep, keep in mind your short-term needs and you, and your focus on, on, on risk tolerance. Got it. It's so important. All right. Okay. So the final action item, and then we'll, we'll be able to uh, bring this all together is a, f- a comprehensive financial plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we've discussed this in, in our previous podcast. Absolutely, yeah about modeling and what we do. And, and it's all about planning and determining the likelihood that you'll be able to meet your long-term objectives and goals. So we're projecting going forward. We aren't looking back. We're not looking last month or last year. We're always uh, looking forward to see, are we on the right path? Mm-hmm. You know, our focus is on getting you home to meet your goals. Yeah. So w- when we're in times like this, and, you know, the world just seems so different and out of place. We do want to take a, a new look and we want to we want to face this reality as soon as possible. And, and, and I will say, Eric, you know, I've had lots and lots of conversations with clients over these last few weeks. Uh, frankly, most of them are are more concerned about me than i get emails how you doing you know yeah and uh so we're doing fine and i would say the vast vast majority of our clients are 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 fine as well yeah uh they're they're they things may be different they're 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 probably uh going to meet most of their objectives they may have to make some adjustments to their planning Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and these may be short term like reducing expenses, short-term expenses. Uh, but when markets rebound and things get back to normal, maybe they'll be fine and, and back to normal. Or, or it may mean more dramatic adjustments, mm-hmm. like you know, selling that second property in the next few years instead of you know, in 10 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, markets rebound quickly. A- and, and, and I think the, the key here 
is to is to communicate with your family about your objectives and goals and about any adjustments that need to happen because because I, I think uh, everyone will be, will be better off if there's open communication about that just so that they're you, everyone's in, in on the same page relative to expectations mm-hmm. I, I think that's so important yep. and um, the key is to stay in control uh, make these adjustments as necessary and that's going to give you confidence and clarity as as you try to get through these tough times yeah absolutely and that's i think something we all need right now yeah i, I think so and and then I, you know it doesn't stop here you know this is something that we revisit every year yeah. we we talk about um rebalancing cash flow debt management rebound you know we, we're talking about these things all the time with our clients we're, we're laser focused now, and these are the questions that we're asking, uh, and these are the things I think individuals can ask themselves. Yeah. But we want to we want to revisit this on an ongoing basis, and by doing that, I think your both your family, uh, your your community will really be better off um, because you've done this comprehensive financial plan and you've kept at it. You've stayed focused. You, you're you're sticking to your plan. And that's the message that I wanted to, to, to leave our listeners is, is that um, yeah. this is a horrible time for many. It's, it's caused a, a, a lot of emotions, uh, negative emotions. Uh, we will get through this. Stay focused on, on what's important and what you can control. The, the rest of it's going to just play out. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100 percent. And that's we just need to stay positive. We need to keep looking forward, like you're saying. And when people do look forward, they're, they're listening to you right now saying, okay, five action items, each one of them is important and each person may be in a different stage, right? I mean, it, somebody's listening to this going, man, I haven't done a debt analysis and I don't know how long and I could probably use some help with that. So Peter, for those that are listening and can identify any of these five action items that they really need to focus on, if they haven't done that yet with their own professional or they don't have a professional or, or they're looking for a different professional. Um, how can they get a hold of you so they can pick your brain about how this works and, and kind of start that process? Sure. Uh, the first thing to do is, is check out our, our website at, at raskinplanning.com. And we have a, a white paper that talks about our, our financial planning uh, approach. I think that might be helpful. Uh, and then uh, send us an email. Send me an email at, at peter.raskin at lfg.com. And uh, we can start a conversation. All right. Happy to help and happy to just give a second opinion. If you've, if you're working with someone or, or you're doing it on your own, happy to have a conversation with you about what you're doing and, and seeing how, uh, how you might be able to improve or get, get closer to your, to your, uh, your objectives. Yeah, absolutely. Peter, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Eric. Really appreciate it. You bet. And stay safe, of course. And to our listening audience, I want to thank you very much for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And this is a great time to subscribe because you're at home. You got to stay at home. So let's listen to some podcasts that can help your financial future for sure. That would be a great use of time. Uh, it also makes it even easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. 
click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.